Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast, where thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives from around the world share their practical tips, strategies, and stories to help you unleash your potential and achieve your goals. Your journey of growth to become your best starts now. Kim, welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. It is such an honor to have you here today. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Thank you. So tell us, before we jump in, I have a ton of questions for you, <laughs> but yeah. tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. You have an amazing background when it comes to money negotiating. So just in your own words, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you've been. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, thank you. I, I actually am the CEO of a wealth management firm and I have a legal background with my area of expertise was negotiation and mediation. So when you think about money, and what do couples mostly argue about other than the number one thing that we can think of the second is money yeah uh the second is money and so my background uh after undergrad is uh went into a national dispute resolution firm uh continued to rise up in the organization and became a spokesperson so i was no longer in settlement conferences uh and actually making a difference uh with the claimant and the respondent and so at 30 I ended up in finance by taking a quiz. Many of us have friends in human resources who have all of the elements of those assessments. And it said that I would do well in finance and financial planning. And so at 30, I made a big career shift. And ever since then, I've been kind of growing in that area uh, with a master's in finance and other things. So I ended up in money taking a quiz. I love that. And so the quiz works for you. <laughs> um, yes, thankfully, thankfully, the, that quiz worked for me. <laughs> That's fantastic. And and I know that you have a very extensive background. We'll put the, what, your bio in the notes. You've worked with many Fortune 500 companies talking about negotiation and money. Mm -hmm. This is actually a great timing. You know, when I saw that you were coming on as a guest because there's a lot happening in the world, right? We just heard about at this point in, in the podcast, we just heard about the Silicon Bank you know, that we're struggling and there's a lot happening in the world financially. And I'm noticing a lot of fear around money right now with our mm -hmm. clients, with friends, with family. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know where to start with you, but I'd like to just hear like how important is mindset around money? Because sometimes I feel like we create our own recession. Right? <laughs> you have the fear and then next thing you know, we stop spending and then it creates a recession. You know, I don't know. I'm not a financial expert, but... <laughs> You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, the, the, the motivation with money is generally driven by fear. Yeah. Which then turns into greed. So the opposite of fear is greed, which motivates people around money. So what's going on right now, remember my background is um, really long-term planning. So taking families that, are, that save, save, and save, and they finally are at a place where they think they can retire. Our job is to take them through that process. So think of long-term planning. The, the headlines of this week and last week and the last several weeks um, with inflation and banks and Federal Reserve is really short-term dialogue that gets us off track. Um, it has nothing to do with your goals and your long-term planning. It's really more the conversation of today that if you have designed your plan according to the 30-year game plan once you step off or whatever age you are, that longer-term game plan, what happens in the next day, month, year, three years is actually irrelevant to how you 
assess and plan your life and how your investments are allocated. So yeah. I hope that brings ease to a lot of people, but the key is having a plan because once you have a plan, your goals have not changed. It's just the headlines that are, that are different. And remember with media, we call it in our industry financial propaganda. They want you to have fear to stay engaged. They want you to stay connected to that channel or to do something because that's how they make money. So if you could disengage from the headlines and really more focus on yourself, which is back to where you wanted me in terms of mindset, uh, then I think you'll be much healthier. So let's talk mindset. Yeah. So let me, let me just ask you a quick question along with that. So what I hear you saying is that if you have a plan in place and you're, you're preparing that even, for example, if you do get laid off, because we've worked with a lot of people that are like, I just got laid off. They're, they're in a position where they can buy themselves, you know, three months to find a job. It's, I just want to make sure that I, because, because I can hear somebody that's listening being like, well, what happens to those of us that get fired now? What? But you're saying if you have a plan in place that when you do have a little bit of a dip, you still have a cushion to be okay. But correct me, like join me in that conversation. Yeah. So that gets having a plan in place. One of the very first things is having cash reserves. Well, many who may be listening may not have emergency cash reserves in place. So what is the mindset to help for, for someone that is slogging at their job and just got laid off or something like that? I think yeah. the key around money is that many of us say we need money. We need money. And of course, if you keep saying that you will, you will always need money. Because it's really not that you need money. It's actually quite the opposite. Money needs you. Actually, money is really looking for you, not mm -hmm. the other way around. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important to understand that money is looking for you. So what does it want? It, it needs your creativity, your ideas, your vision, your, your, your values of, of how you see those ideas so yeah. that it could be of use to the world. Mm -hmm. And ideas are abundant and unlimited. When we think of money, we think it's like finite, that there's a small amount and some have it and some don't. It's actually quite the opposite. So if you think of money tied to money is looking for you through your ideas and your creativity to turn it into something of use to the world. When you get laid off, all of a sudden you have time to really be creative about ideas, to really follow those things that are nudging you into something that makes a difference. Yeah. And that's really the key because money, there's two laws of money. The first law is what I do every day in financial planning. So cash flow management, budgeting, portfolio allocation and construction, tax, retirement, and estate planning. But if you understand the other laws of money, which is natural money laws, they're already inside of us. We've forgotten what some of those natural money laws, but one of the first ones that I think of is, is uh, cause and effect. Giving and receiving, supply mm -hmm. and demand. But here's the one I wanted to focus on, and that's ebb and flow. So when money is ebbing or flowing, which it always does in natural law, money does the same thing. Yep. Sometimes you're in the money and you're making a lot of money. And other times it's a drought. Yep. In those droughts are our times that we should be focusing on growing ourselves, growing inside, doing some of those things that are important to us, whether it be our limiting beliefs around money, because oftentimes they could be your great grandpa's beliefs that you've just taken for granted and yeah. haven't unpacked that to say, I'm not that person. That's not who I am. 
I'm not taking on that belief. I'm going to create a new belief around money and money is abundant and it's looking for me. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because I know sometimes it can sound woohoo, but I, but I, agree. <laughs> I, I no, I, I agree. I really believe in the, the understanding that where you put your energy and focus is what you create, right? So mm -hmm. if you put your energy and focus in lack, you get more lack. If you put right. your energy and focus in abundant and proactivity and, you know, and, and creating solutions, then you provide. And I remember when I first started building this company and I was like at the lowest, I only had a hundred dollars and I was like, all right, like I don't got any money, but I, I, I read this book called the new earth by Eckhart Tolle, which I love. And he basically mentioned the same principle, which is like the same amount of energy that you put in distressing about something or having a scarce mindset is the same amount of energy you can put into positivity and taking action. So I remember when I was in that place with, with absolutely no money where I'm like, I had to keep redirecting. I'm like, nope, we're not going to stress. Just take action to make money. We're not going to stress. Just take action to make money. And then like within a month, you know, like an abundance of money came in. I got my first big client fortune 500 company. And then ever since then, I've, I never had to worry about money. And even now, like with people talking about the recession, I tell my team, I'm like, no, like, we're just going to keep serving. We're going to keep providing, keep having you know, a mindset of abundance. And to tell you the truth, during COVID, our company quadrupled. A lot of companies went under and we were like, no, we're just going to keep serving, showing up. And I know you talk about showing up, right? Keep serving and showing up um, and it'll serve us. So I know, again, sometimes that sounds woohoo, but I really think that what you said is so important that sometimes we need to redirect our energy into a place where we can take action and, and move and grow. You know, Natalina, I think that what you described, I'm a, I'm a, I have people that call me a suit. So what you're hearing is from a person who's a suit with a legal and finance background. So the <laughs> yeah, ability... No, no. <laughs> right. So understand where that's coming from. So the ability to talk about this other side is one in itself rare that I understand yeah. that. Yeah. But two, my story is somewhat similar. I, uh, my parents got divorced when I was 14. My mom got full custody of three teenage girls. And I had a little red ticket that I had to give to that lunch lady because yeah. I had government assisted lunch. Yeah. Uh, my mom wanted to make sure that her daughters, you know, she said, get your education because no one can take it away from you, which I did. Yeah. But then after law school, defaulted on my school loans. I had no business having that kind of debt or understanding the impact on my credit. And at the time, it was, in today's dollars, about $92,000. So what you think of, here I am in a suit talking about this, and yet I came from shame, not enough, uh, money was for other people, not me. But what happened is that mindset shift for me is that I ended up getting a $1,000 anonymous gift on my school loans. And the fact that I even opened it up was in itself surprising. You know, when, mm -hmm. you're, when your head's in the sand on money, it's in the sand on other areas of your life too, but especially yeah. your bills. Yeah, and I opened up the statement. I noticed that, that my, my balance was down. And because it was anonymous, I couldn't go to them and say, why me? What do you want? I actually had to ask those questions to myself. Who am I? What do I want for myself? What do they see in me that I don't see in myself? Mm. And I have to tell you, Natalina, it was almost like a snap. It was like, woof. all of a sudden, I recognized that I was enough because someone showed me that they thought I was enough, that it made me believe that I was enough. And all of a sudden, I realized that, and it, it was a journey after this, believe me, but I, I realized that I am responsible for the outcomes in my life.
yeah. events in our lives happen. We all those stories, we all have them. 100%. But what I was going to do was take control of my story and turn it into something that I am going to row my own boat and be responsible for the outcomes. Yeah. And so the choices I made thereafter were very different. Not blaming, complaining, all those things that we tend to do when we don't want to take responsibility for ourselves. And yeah. I think that in the mindset around money is so key that you are enough and that you deserve it. And it's mm. tied to your creativity and your ideas, not yeah. the piece of paper that has no value other than the value we give it based on our values. Yes. You're speaking my language there when you say you are enough. <laughs> and you're right. Like uh, oftentimes we put a lot of value on money over ourselves. Like we lose sight of like who we are and whether or not we feel like we're enough because of the amount that's in our bank account or, you know, whatever society is saying around money. Thank you for sharing that story. And how fascinating is it that you ended up doing a quiz when you were 30 <laughs> that led you into right. this direction? <laughs> I yeah. love it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's fantastic. So, okay. I want to ask you a couple questions more strategically for anybody that's listening, I kind of, I want to show two sides. So what is one step you would say right now, an individual that maybe is struggling a little bit, that's listening to, to this on finances, that they can do strategically more practical that can help support them. And then on the opposite side, what's one thing they can do like with the mindset around money, like spiritually that can help them. So a golden nugget kind of for each side. Sure. I think right now, uh, one of the things that, that is so important, particularly Let's talk if you're a homeowner. If you're a homeowner and have equity inside your house, you should have a second home equity line of credit that you don't touch, but it's always available to you. And you should get as much as you can, whether it's 80% of the loan to value. Um, so that way, when things come in our lives that we don't expect, whether it be an earthquake, a fire, or a job loss, you have that line of credit in place. So that that transition as you navigate that is relatively seamless. Okay. In addition so, to cash reserves, but that's the first. So someone that um, is a little bit more ignorant like myself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yep. uh, let's say you have a property. I'm a, I'm a homeowner, right? Yeah. Uh, you're saying, you know, whatever um, equity I have in the house to take a line of credit with that and just basically have that. You never yeah. touch it. So all yeah. it is is a line item on your bank statement that you have access to Got that it. line of credit amount. But you yeah. are, and you pay an annual fee for that, whatever it is. It's a small dollar amount, yeah. and um, you know that you're always you're never afraid anymore. Got it. Because you have that line of credit. Uh, particularly, I mean, think of the natural disasters that have happened. We had a big fire in Colorado, and the people that had lines of credits were able to start construction on their property without having to wait for the insurance company to legitimize your claim. Got it. Okay. Very clear. Awesome. Thank you for that. Okay. And now like on the spiritual side of things, like around the, the, the mindset, which is really critical, what would you say is something, you know, an individual can do to, to kind of get more of a state of abundance? Yeah. I would first understand what your money receptors are. You know, we all have those little receptors just to tell us whether we have too much sun or whatever and antigens. The, you have money receptors and and it's visceral. We're naturally triggered. So it would be a good example is, um, we. I just saw this the other day with my son. Uh, there was a Lamborghini. And my son was like, wow, that is such a gorgeous car. And I'm thinking, who would pay that much for a car? So my money receptor was more, 
that's foolish. And his was, wow, that's success. So what is your receptor? Or if you see someone on the street asking for money, do you cross the street? Do you judge them? What's going on in your head to see what are those stories that you have in yourself, those money receptors? And then that is your starting point on knowing whether you're open or closed. Because mm. if you're judging any part of that, what is it in you that makes you feel that way? And that is probably the start of understanding what your limiting behaviors are that are um, preventing you from having enough, preventing you from having success around money. Because there's yeah. more than enough. There's yeah. more than enough. But if we take it off the piece of paper that we've created for global exchange and put it into creative ideas, and ideas are abundant, then it's so much easier to be receptive to being brave yeah around mm -hmm. money to be brave to lean in and i hate that word lean in but it's really true that yeah. if money is abundant what ideas do you have for it yeah yeah it's interesting i love that you just mentioned that i'm reading the book the secret which i kind of read a couple times <laughs> and and it's Good. talking about i'm in the, the chapter about money and it was even saying you know even changing the languaging like when we say oh i can't afford that Right. Mm -hmm. For example, changing the languaging to I look forward to when I can buy that. Right. Right. And, and even something that and I've even caught myself being like, oh, no, like maybe I can't get that right now. But I look forward to the day when I can get that and I will get that. And my trigger is Starbucks. I'm like, I will never spend money. on that. But because I because the value. Right. It's like, what do I value there where I want to spend my money, which I think is also something important is for people to understand what they value and like where they want to spend their money based off of what they value. Right. Because sometimes it also has nothing to do with what you can afford, but whether or not you feel like that is worth what you're giving. I, I, does that make sense? It absolutely does. I think when we, when it comes to why we need money, it's what is it that that money will give you? Mm -hmm. And if you can, Ask yourself, what is it that that money will give me more free time, give me freedom, the ability to do the things I really want to do? You know, all, well, then start doing those things. Yeah. If you love to write, start writing. Yes. And then all of a sudden that will free you up for money to find you. Yeah. Because it's always an internal game. The idea of having success in life, starting with money and love and all these other things of pillars that you talk about, it really starts with who am I inside and am I worthy? It's that's the start, mm -hmm. because once you open that up is I I'm not worthy. I don't respect myself enough to give myself enough time to write because my obligations interrupt my day. Well, you have to stop and create boundaries around that time to allow you to write. Yeah. And, uh, and that then and I have story after story around this as it relates to our clients that, that, Oh, I want a million dollars and be able to retire and have free time and do what I love. Well, what is it that you really want to do? In this particular example, it was this woman who wanted to be a writer. She loved to write when she was in college Why not and out? she always disrespected herself as it relates to her time and yeah. whether she was worthy enough to do it. Once she realized it was her who, who did not give herself the respect, then all of a sudden she carved out the time. She actually became a best-selling author, had more that. than enough money to be able to retire and live happily and do what she loved all because she started to write as if she already had the money. Yeah. She acted as if she already had it, freedom, the ability to write 
and do what she loved. And I that's love really that. the starting point around money. That's Kim. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic. Thank you for sharing the stories. I want to jump into the power section of our interview, but before we do that, tell us uh, how do we find you? Where I know you have some awesome freebies. We'll put them in the notes as well. Okay. But where can we connect with you on social media? Your website. Yes. Uh, well, website is wealthlegacyinstitute.com. Um, and then social media is LinkedIn, Kim Curtis. There's a YouTube page, Kim Curtis, that has a lot of really awesome content on videos on different topics that may be important to you, whether it be buy a car or first time home buyer, all kinds of things that are there that may be helpful. Awesome. Thank you, Kim. Okay. Our power section. So I'm going to ask you three questions. So the first one is if, um, you know, God forbid, let's say today was your last day on earth. What's your one golden nugget that you would want to share with the world? Ah, make sure you love enough, love hard, love enough. I love that. And what would you say is a top value for you that it's an absolute non-negotiable? You know, it's so funny. I have two children. So you, you immediately think of family and and where that fits in. But I think it's a broader one. And I really think it's community that that we are connected to everyone and not alone. And so that value is understanding that every decision we make affects someone else that you may not even know. Yeah. And the impact of that is substantial. It works on both sides of that coin. Yes. One, by doing something that hurts somebody or two, doing something that actually is this ripple that changes the world. Yeah, 100%. And lastly, as you know, we're the company rise up for you. What comes to mind when you hear that phrase? You, well, as a woman, I have a different lens mm -hmm. and in a, in a field that is primarily male, and so my lens rise up for you is really about, and I already mentioned it being brave, being brave, fail forward. Um, you're already smart enough. You're already good enough. Um, and not shoot for perfection, shoot for bravery. I, I just think that if we leaned in more, you, we would recognize that we have so much skill, so much skill to really make a difference. And as a woman in finance, I see such a broader picture. Yeah. The money is important. It's a piece of it, but it's so much bigger in terms of long-term success and happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Kim, it has been such an honor. Thank you for sharing with us your expertise. Thank you for joining us. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Thanks, Kim. You're welcome. Thank you.